From our headquarters in New York City, this is Business of Home. I'm your host, Dennis Scully. Every week, I'll be talking to leaders and innovators from all corners of the home industry. My guest this week is Nathalie Remy, the CEO of Christophe. Before coming to the French tabletop brand, Nathalie was a McKinsey consultant for over two decades, advising luxury and fashion houses on corporate strategy. Now she's on the other side of the table, a year into a revitalization and rebranding project for the 190-year-old company. I spoke with Nathalie about teaching a heritage brand, how to think like a startup, why she's betting on sharing, and what Pharrell Williams has to do with her new strategy. This week's podcast is sponsored by Cherish, interior designer's beloved source for chic, one-of-a-kind furniture, art, and decor. If you're a design pro and not in their trade program, you should be. Starting now, designers earn $75 cash for every $5,000 they spend on Cherish, plus access to net pricing and specialized live customer service. Sign up at Cherish.com. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H dot com backslash trade. Part fabric, part magic. Krypton exists to make your world smart and beautiful. With earth-friendly spill, odor, and stain protection, fabric intelligence is all they do. You'll find Krypton in over 80 high-point market showrooms. Join Krypton and brand partners like Airbnb for exclusive market treats, events, and experiences, including the roving Krypton ice cream cart, the SoCal Social at Norwalk, and designer favorites the Krypton Patio, Universal Beauty Lounge, and Pooch Pop-Ups. Reserve your place now at krypton.com slash hpmkt. And now, on with the show. So in your, in your vast consulting career, and you, and you were a consultant for about 20 years, if I recall. A bit more than 20 recall, years, A bit yeah. more than 20, okay. You, at one point, you actually consulted for Christophe yep. about seven or eight years ago, if, yes. if I recall. Uh, and at the time, what, what was going on with the, with the company, or, or what view into the company did you get at that time? A small, complex company mm. with a lot of potential, which was lacking a clear vision to be able to focus its efforts. Um, so I actually supported them in building a plan together, and then I came back seven years later. With, with a very similar notion still in, in your mind of what needed well, to be done? Well, I, <clears throat> I didn't want to have uh, preconceived ideas before stepping in. Mm. I was actually expecting to see some of these recommendations implemented. Um, actually, the situation was more or less the same. Okay, so so they hadn't really taken your advice. No, no. It's execution. Hmm. So the they, challenge. Okay, so they 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 wanted to, but they but they couldn't execute I mean, it. There properly. has been um, a CEO change in between. Yes. So someone else stepped in for mm-hmm. three years. Who was also from outside the organization. Uh, yes. Right. And um, yeah, he took a different path. What did you know you needed to to focus on and 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 really learn? about the organization before you could determine how, how best to move forward? You know, I, I've been traveling around the world for these, I mean, my first two months. Uh, spent time in the factory, spent time in the stores, uh, spent time with the teams, just listening. And, and it was pretty clear the direction we needed to take. Um, everybody was saying the same in Japan, in the US, in France, everywhere. And, um, and, and what was it that they were saying to you? We don't have a strategy. Mm. We have manufacturing and supply chain issues. Our teams are demotivated. Um, and, we and, need and better that, 
products. We need better no- products. More novelties. Okay. Better novelties. We need to reinvest in our brand to gain awareness with the younger generation. You've spoken in the past. I, I, I watched a, a presentation that you gave, actually, on, on sort of speaking to the, to the younger market, the, mm-hmm. the millennials. And from, from what you were hearing as you, as you traveled around the world, is that an, is that an important audience for, for you to be considering? Is that a major customer for you right it now? It is an important audience, but it's not our core focus. Mm. Um, our new strategy is about growth and only growth. And we want to grow as a desirable, modern, luxury, silversmith brand. We now have a brand mission, which is to develop the art of sharing. The products we develop and we sell, the experience we offer to our customers, and the way we work as a company. Okay. So the art of sharing was both an internal and an external message. And external mission. Exactly. Changing the culture of the company. In in a nutshell, that's our strategy. Mm. To do that, we need to acquire new customers. We have a very, very loyal customer base. But they are aging one year every year. So we need to acquire. But in this acquisition, we are not focusing only on millennials. The Christoph customer can be from 20 to 90, Mm. so to say. Men and women, because we actually have a quite significant percentage of men in our customer base. What they share is values, is a way of living. They like beautiful objects. They are not connoisseurs like going to modern art museums everywhere. Not only, right? So Mm. more mainstream. They are hedonists. They like enjoying life, going out, holding parties at home, sharing. That's what they have in common. But they can be 20, 30, 40, 50. It doesn't matter. Now, of course, we need to address these different audiences in a different way. You do not address a 30-year-old the same way as a 60-year-old. To your, to your point, one would assume from the outside that your customer base was a, was a much older, a much more mm-hmm. seasoned customer, right? And that, the, and that the challenge, and the challenge which with much of this industry, and, and honestly the luxury industry is trying to f- figure this out, right, is, is how do we bring this next generation along? And mm-hmm. we know that they have changed their, their lifestyle, and they have changed the level uh, of priorities that that experiences over over things uh, has right to to, to some to extent. some extent research suggests yeah that, right um, but but we also to your point we we know that the notion of having your friends over and entertaining hasn't at all gone away it it, it perhaps just looks on, different on the contrary it's it's rising again so I was telling you I'm an optimist. <laughs> So I always see the glass half full. Um, I, I think we have um, a very imp- interesting card to play. First, this notion of sharing is universal and appeals a lot to the younger generation. Second, sustainability is important. And maybe they consume less, but they want to consume better. And what we are offering them is products that are forever. Um, the third point is, yes, the experience ec- economy, especially in luxury, has been outpacing luxury goods in the recent years. But experience is also having a nice dinner at home. And our value proposition is not that we sell flatware. We sell beautiful objects that can make every moment, every shared moment, a memorable moment. If we play it that way, 
it can be a message that appeals a lot to the younger generation too. Earlier you mentioned when you when you first arrived that 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 morale was a little low, people were feeling there wasn't a sort of a, a clear direction, right? And so you recognized that that quickly needed to sort of be turned around and that was that was part of why you felt it so important to mm-hmm. develop a, a clear internal message for everyone so that Everyone in the company knew the focus, knew where you yeah. were going, right? Yes. And I know you've also stressed to your entire team that sort of uh, that the time was of the essence that we that we need to to move quickly, right? Tell me a little bit about that that thinking and 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 what makes you sort of think that way. Um, why wait? I'm patience is the biggest thing I have to learn mm. now as a CEO. Okay. Okay. The time horizon is not the same, which is on one side positive because you have more time than as a consultant when you just have two months to do something. Uh, you have years, um, hopefully, as a CEO. But I really needed to accelerate the metabolic rate of the company. It's uh, We're going to celebrate 190 years yes. next year. But I, you know, the, the, the way I'm trying to to explain the the culture shift the mindset shift we're doing is we need to go from a small multinational corporation to a big startup and that gives you the freedom to sort of suggest that everything is is new and right and 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 you and we try i mean you can experiment the the success of a startup is first people believe they can succeed Mm. so i needed to build this confidence again and i think now i'm getting there but it takes time a second uh, ingredient uh, for the recipe for success of startups is they behave as if they were already big. The third thing in a startup is they overinvest in the beginning. Notoriously, right? Because y- you have to. Yes. If you don't invest, you cannot get any return on investment. Mm. If you invest in three years from now, you will not see the results. So invest now, invest in people, having the right people. Invest in the markets, in the channels, in the products where we really believe we can succeed. And then we learn. We cannot succeed in everything, but we also learn from the failures. So, so the early days is, is the big investment period yeah. in, in, in everything that you're The last to do. 12 months have been a big investment period. Yeah. Not, not just money-wise. I mean, just investment in terms of energy, you know, to get the ball rolling. Yes. Get things in motion, change ways of working, recruit new people. Is it a period of uh, of tremendous sort of turnover at a, at a company like this? It, it, do you have to sort of let people go who can't make that transition? You have to. And you need to bring in fresh fresh energy and fresh energy, experience mm. from other companies to accelerate. So and the. Uh, the, the, the Middle Eastern group, the Chalub group that, mm-hmm. that, that owns uh, Christophe, did, did they have very sort of specific marching orders for you when you, when you first got here? Forgive me, I don't, I don't know the origin of, of how you were first hired or, or brought on. Well, I actually know Patrick Chalub for quite some time. Okay. So we discussed this, of course, at length before I accepted <laughs> to take the risk. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there were many discussions. So I was sure we were fully aligned before stepping in. Um, they are supportive of our strategy. They agree that growth is the only way, and it's a long-term family 
Right, they have a very long-term view, yes. and and Christophe has been central to to their company yes. really since the start, right? Yes. So they're very familiar with the brand, very familiar, and they they feel like they're part of the history of the of the yes. company, right? So yes. they feel very invested in it continuing and 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 flourishing. Mm-hmm. But you also knew, well, you and Patrick both knew the, the tremendous challenge that it was going to to be to to really get in there and and turn it around. The challenge is probably bigger than I anticipated. Mm. But it's not a strategic challenge. It's an execution challenge. And this I was, as a consultant, not so much aware of. <laughs> right. Right. So that's my discovery of the, the last year. Yeah. Is how you can get an inter-organization. I mean, we're a small organization. We're only 500 employees around the world. Okay. Um, but still, how do you get 500 people to move in the same direction? And that turns out to be far more challenging in, in real life than it is on, on paper. Challenging or just it requires to be a bit more patient than mm. I used to be. <laughs> but you're learning that. You're learning I'm learning. To be more I'm learning. <laughs> I, I know what, what a demanding job being a, a, a McKinsey consultant is. And, and you've transitioned into this new role. You're, you're used to a certain pace and you're used to, a, you're used to an organization where everyone is very like-minded. Mm. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm certain that stepping in and, uh, and, and working... It's different. It's different, yes. I confirm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. When you spent the first several months sort of learning all of, all of these challenges, what... What struck you the, the most? I mean, besides the morale issue, which I can imagine... The, the passion. The passion. We have passionate people. Yes. So they love this, yes. this brand. They love right? the brand. And the history, and they're proud of it. And, and they really want the brand to succeed. Yeah. And I think that's part of our fuel. It's this passion. Passion of the workers in Normandy, in the atelier. Uh, passion of our retail staff in the stores. I think our heritage. I spent quite a lot of time uh, with um, our head of patrimony. We have more than 60,000 pieces, right, archives. So I, I haven't looked at everything right. yet. But you haven't even taken we, it all we, in we, yet. We have this wealth right. of history. Yes. And Christophe wasn't doing anything with it. So just um, looking back at the past to project the future, I think is an amazing opportunity for us. I think the fact of having our Atelier in Normandy um, is very important. It's also an asset for us. It's a key point of difference. Uh, we have two meilleurs ouvriers de France. Is and just explain for people that might not know what that what that is and what that means. Meilleurs ouvriers de France. Yes. So these people have been uh, designated as the best um, uh, craftsmen mm. uh, in a year uh, in silversmithing. Right. So it's really a recognition from the state. And the thing is, there is no silversmith school in the world. My aspiration, five, ten years down the road, is Christophe should be the best silversmith school. This is where we should get the apprentices. This is where they should come to learn. This is where they should come to learn from all around the world, right? That's the vision. Yes. Because there is no school. So basically, it's a job you learn by doing. It takes you five years to learn engraving the way we do it, right? So... And it's also part of our transmission that we need to make sure that for the future generations, we don't lose this craftsmanship. And, and making all of that still relevant in a, in a modern world. Yes. Right? Which, modern. Yes. 
And that, that I would assume, is, is part of the challenge in taking a, a heritage brand like this and bringing it into, to celebrate your 190th anniversary in, in 2020. What do you know has to happen in order to keep Christophe relevant to, to the world to, today? So I think to be relevant, you need to provide consumers with relevant content. The first content of a brand, a luxury brand, is its products. So we need to have relevant products. What I mean by relevant is products that perfectly fit the usage of today. Mm. People still eat, right? Maybe they eat in a different way than they used to eat a, a century ago. We just need to keep up the pace to uh, observe and to try to meet the new needs, even innovate, like the mood party we launched uh, beginning of this month of September, which is for luxury finger fooding, right? People have dinners at home, but they don't sit in the dining room. They sit on the sofa or in the middle of the kitchen mm. and they have just tapas or, you know, little bites. So we thought that we need to develop a product to meet that need. So how do you do this in a luxury manner? Uh, and this is how we invented, you know, the, a new member in the Mood family with new kind of uh, cutlery for finger fooding. Mm. Um, so this is the kind of innovation we need, right, on the product. But content is also what the brand is saying. Um, I, I, I'm convinced that today marketing is all about content, not about buying the right media, but it's really about being relevant and useful for the consumers. So we are working on a new version of our website that's going to be launched end of January 2020. The big difference, besides the fact that we change technology, that we will have better pictures, that it will be a new way of navigating through sharing moments and inspiration moments, it's going to be much richer in terms of content. We want to tell stories about the brand. We want to tell stories about our product. We want to provide advice to consumers on how to use them, how to take care of them. Um, and I think that's how you stay relevant. Mm, okay, and and so you're educating the consumer yeah. about how to live with your with your product, yes, and and finding ways to to stay relevant through storytelling and yeah. and just getting your mm. your your message out there. Our then. biggest challenge today is just to get people know we are changing, um, and that's why we we are supporting this massive company change also with a branding change, because um, I thought this is the fastest and easiest way to get people out there to see visibly that we are changing. Um, so we change logo. We are going back to capital letters like we have been for 180 years. <laughs> um, also to be closer to our manufacturing DNA, right? Charles Christophe was an industrial visionaire. Um, we are a strong brand and silversmith is a tough job, right? Mm. So we wanted to reaffirm that. Um, we change color. We are back to green. It's a pico green. It's a modern green. Mm. Uh, it's a color that contrasts very well with silver. And everything about our visual identity is going to reflect the new modernity right, of the brand. We're going to change the facade. We're going to change. We are changing all our packaging, moving to 100% sustainable packaging with a much more luxurious look and feel because gifting means you need to have a very nice gift yes. wrapping. Yes. Even though we only have little media spend, um, we will make sure that around the world we have thousands of doors 
and through the thousand doors, we get great exposure. Mm. And if these thousand doors change, people we see. And I think it's just a matter of getting people to know because when I look at um, my e-commerce uh, performance, which is booming in France and in the US these days, we recruit 85% of buyers are new people to Christophe. And the average profile, age profile of these buyers is closer to 30 than 50. Hmm. So it means when people see us, they buy. We just need to... We just let, need to bring more of to them. To let them know more. we are there. Yeah. So, so 85% of the, of the people that are buying from you on, online... Online are new. Are new customers. Yeah. Last night we were talking, you, you were having a, a big event in, in New York for mm -hmm. uh, your, your partnership with Pharrell Williams, yeah. uh, which is another, I assume, another part of your strategy of, of sort of creating a different kind of awareness around the, the brand and, and some... Yes, more modern. More modern. More fun. Yeah. Pharrell's very fun. Yes. And, and you know, this collaboration uh, is all about sharing, which is a word that is very close to Pharrell's heart. Um, so it was uh, very natural when we first met and I explained to him my vision for Christophe and where I wanted to bring the brand. He said, yes, let's do something on sharing. And in the end, the product has the word share engraved on every piece of flatware. Well, and explain for people that might not be familiar. So Pharrell, so now there's, there's a product line, with, yes. right? With his sort of uh, Which writing. Which is a limited with, edition. Yes. Yeah. And so, so what, what products are on offer that Pharrell has played a part in? So... Um, he worked with his, one of his best friends, Joan Bert, who is a French chef. Mm. Um, and together they customized our iconic mood product. It's in bright yellow with Farrell and Jean serving food and drink to their family and friends. And the um, silver plated flatware that's in it is engraved with the word share, handwritten by Farrell himself. Mm. We have other ideas. So discussion is open. Okay, so so the the partnership is ongoing. Yes. Yes. And how did you first think about Pharrell as a as a good partner for for Christophe, or how did this come about? As always, you know, life is a succession of opportunities. So we knew someone in common who thought it would be good that uh, Pharrell meets with Christophe. Okay. So we had the first meeting in Paris, and because Christophe was all very much about dining, Pharrell thought that he should bring his friend Jean to the discussion because he said, "I don't know much about dining." And Jean is a chef, so he's the expert. So mm. they came together, and then we decided we would do it all together. We're taking a quick break to give you the insider scoop on the Cherish Trade Program. Join the Cherish Trade Program today, and you'll receive new hotshot perks. Earn $75 cash for every $5,000 you spend on the site, and access to a trade-only customer service hotline, and snappy new project management tools to make your life even easier. And let's not forget the trade program's ongoing key benefits, including net pricing up to 30% off and 48-hour hold capabilities. To get in on the fun today, visit cherish.com backslash trade. That's C-H-A-I-R-I-S-H dot com backslash trade. Is it important for Christophe to offer a, a, a wide range of, of price points today? Is it, is it important for, for a brand like this to have a, a, an easy way to, to enter and, and sort of grow into? I think it is for any brand. But what I want to stress is even a product that is more affordable has to be luxury. Mm. So it can be a smaller product. 
like six espresso spoons instead of a big piece of 24. Um, <laughs> but it has to remain luxury. Everything has to be, be yes. luxury, no matter no matter what you do, from the from the simplest silver earrings. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it all has. That's to, very important. Yes. Yes. And as you as you look around, the, so now you're now you're the CEO of of this global company, right? And and so in a in a in an environment where it it seems as if now I know you're very optimistic, right? But it but it seems like there are a lot of challenges around the globe right now, and um, yes, right? And many countries uh, have negative interest rates, and uh, there there's this sort of looming. Th- threat of recession here in the U.S., and the U.S. has sort of been the big consumer market that's been keeping everyone going. Does, it, does any of that impact decisions that you make day to day, or are you just so focused on executing your, your plan that you... you so I, I think um, on strategy, it should not have an impact, hmm. because strategy should take a through-cycle perspective. And, you know, I just acquired Hong Kong last August. I couldn't have chosen a better date than August 2019 <laughs> to acquire Hong Kong, right? But I told the team, no worries. Yes, business is tough there. Yes, yes there we are don't some know. protests in the streets. But for the long run, for the long we run. needed to regain control on Hong Kong for China. Right. So right. it's the right strategic move, in, even though short term it might be a bit more difficult. Mm. So it's true that today, you know, we have Hong Kong, we have the Brexit in Europe, we have the U.S. elections coming up, we have the U.S.-China war. I mean, yeah, yes, it's a it, it's a very challenging it, it's time. It's challenging, no matter where you look. I don't think it's going to change. It's going to remain challenging, more and more volatile, more and more tensions, things changing. I think strategy should be long term. Hmm. Now, when execution, it's true that it requires some decisions, sometimes for edging. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Great Britain, right? So right. we need to be ready. So we ship a bit more products just in case. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it has impact on short-term execution, um, but not on strategy. Right. Okay. So you stay focused on your long-term yes. strategy. Yes. And and things are going to be changing yes. all the time. And you know, another um, maybe interesting element is we are a small luxury brand compared to the big, big mega brands. Mm. So we are much less sensitive to market dynamics than the big ones. We see it in Hong Kong these days. Yes, we suffer, but we suffer much less than the dinosaurs. <laughs> sure. Because when your market share is big, market goes down, you go down. We have a very small market share in the luxury market. So we are much less sensitive to the environment. Right. But you but you look at companies like Hermès for, for yeah. benchmarking purposes, I, yes. I assume, right? Yes, Hermès, Tiffany. Tiffany, you know you're not at that at that scale yet, so you can fly a little below the radar, perhaps. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, which is sort of a nice position to, to be in right now as you're as you're making a lot of changes and, mm-hmm. and figuring a lot of things out yeah. in, internally. Mm. Do you feel that you now that you have a much better understanding of the organization, could you see Christophe becoming a, a, a big luxury brand? Is that even a goal? Is that even a desire of yours or, or the company's? I think desire, yes. Okay. Um, goal, it's a bit too early to say. Depends what time horizon you give me. Mm. <laughs> um, I think we are just very, very far from that. But as I keep telling my teams, you know, when you want to be successful, you always have to look up. So we are looking at the champions 
um, we are aspiring uh, to move in that direction as fast as we can because there is a winner-takes-all game, right? In today's world, if you want to be visible, if you want to have share of voice, you at some point need to be big in relative terms. Mm. But I wouldn't say it's a goal in the next five years. Of course, it's too far away, but maybe next century. Mm. You know, at some point in history, Christophe was bigger than Hermès. And when was that? Was that in in the early days? It was, when he was maybe a hundred and something years mm. ago. Okay. <laughs> well, it's hard to imagine get, getting getting back there, but but who's yeah. who's who's to say, right? And mm. and uh, and that's really not even your 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 focus. So so what what will winning and success look like for you in the in the coming years? When will you know that? what you've been working on is, is really working and... When and we get to double-digit growth. Double-digit growth. Yeah. Okay. So that's really the goal. Organic. Organic double-digit growth. Yeah. And, and is that a, a, a five-year goal? Is three. Three-year goal. Mm. Okay. So regardless, again, to, of what's going on in the world and all of the different challenges, that for the company to see double-digit Yes. Returns. Yeah. Yes. That would be that would be meaningful. That would tell you you've you've made the right yes. choices. That we are on the right path. Yes. Basically we have prepared, we have now taken off, but we are not yet in our cruise right. rate. Yeah. <laughs> so um but I think it's um you know, last year was a year of landing, I would say. This year was the year of takeoff. So next year should be the year of acceleration. Mm. Okay. Are there key markets? that you're most focused on, yes. that most need to deliver for you, and what, and what are they? Five countries. Five countries. U.S., Japan, China, greater China, U.K. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I'm sorry you're counting on them. <laughs> and France. And, and France. Yes, of oh course. Dear. Another the whole challenging market. one, of course. Yeah. Right, and that's really your home market. And, and is, it, is it really a bigger market for you? It's or? 20% of my business only. 20% of your business is coming from France. Yeah. And how much is coming from the U.S., roughly? Approximately 20. Okay. Okay. And so... But U.S. should be five times bigger than France. Right. And, and so that's just because of the greater name recognition in France? Yes, because or? we've been there forever. Right. Um, we have more stores, more point of sales. Yeah. We are the incumbent brand. Right. Um, I think the U.S., we still have a lot of... Uh, white spaces mm. and we are not very well known so in the u.s do you do you have to do you have to take those sales from tiffany's do you have to get everyone to stop buying those blue boxes and come and come well, for the green box and come for the green box exactly right that's the that's the big challenge right yeah yeah that's the big challenge that's your that's the big whale here in mm. the in the u.s right now just if i look at uh, children T- today we we do mostly baby mm. baby gifting our strategy is to provide Precious gifts for children from 0 to 13, so to broaden, so that we become a destination for gifting for occasions in a child's life. When I look at how much I'm selling of these little baby gifts in France compared to U.S., like 10 times more in France, not normal, Mm. right? So why? Well, because people don't think about us for that kind of gifting occasion. So our challenge, our marketing challenge, is to get on the radar screen. Um, now, we don't have the Tiffany store on Fifth Avenue, right? Right. 
So we need to be a bit street smart in how we get there. But yeah. I think our products are amazing. I think our brand image is becoming amazing. Mm. We launched it in November. The new, <laughs> the new brand the image. The new branding. Yeah. You know, um, they've got Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's. I mean, they've got... They've, yes, you but know, we that's have a, a little something from France. We are different. Right. Yes. And you're all about sharing. And, and so, that's a nice message, right? Sharing. At some point, I think we could also become a reference. Mm. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. You'll find Krypton's fabric intelligence in over 80 high-point market showrooms. Krypton's exclusive fall market treats, events, and experiences include a high-point first, designing spaces for hosting with Airbnb. And don't miss the roving Krypton ice cream cart, SoCal Social at Norwalk, and designer favorites the Krypton Patio, Universal Beauty Lounge, and Pooch Pop-Ups. Reserve your place now at krypton.com slash hpmkt. And now... Back to the show. You mentioned about your e-commerce site and how mm-hmm. sales there are, are growing rapidly. Yeah. Right. And and you're and you focused on your SEO strategy and more people are finding you and mm-hmm. and it's exciting that they're new customers because now you have the opportunity yep. right to re- mm-hmm. to retain them. Uh, I'm assuming and and you were talking about this a little bit earlier. Your retail stores have to work even harder than ever before. They have to be a great experience they have to be a, a huge part of your of your marketing mm-hmm. budget because your otherwise your marketing budget is is relatively small right mm-hmm. so what are the changes that you're making in 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 retail to, to make those stores more more compelling and more of a destination so the first step was to work on the display windows um, we need to catch the eye right I want people passing by your stores to think there is a new store okay what's this so if you go to Madison, for instance, mm. and you have the Farrell Williams and Jean Humbert display window, all bright yellow, very modern. First thing was work on this. We also worked on merchandising, visual merchandising, to reorganize our stores around our five universe so that people could see this is about dining, this is about bar, this is about gifting, so that it's easier to navigate uh, for the customer. The third thing we've done in this first year is to increase the number of in-store events, animations. Um, uh, it can be you know, a floral arrangement, uh, champagne, champagne tasting, mm. cocktail class, um, art of table event, you know, these kind of things to provide experiences uh, to customers. And some of these events we do on our own, some of these events we do with partners. So we partner with other brands, other luxury maisons, or we partner with local uh, institutions, like you know, the best florist in town or these mm-hmm. kind of things to provide these events to our um, customers. So this was, I would say, phase one. Now we are um, starting to work on the store of the future for Christophe which is our new concept um, that will be developed over the coming months and implemented in our first new opening, which is most likely going to be in Asia, as you can imagine. Mm, I would think. The idea of this um, new concept is, of course, to integrate the new visual identity and all of that, but it's also to have a space that looks less as a museum and more as a right. sharing place. Right. Right? So how do we make our stores feel like a sharing place? And uh, the second big initiative for this year is on our guest experience. So it's about training of our store staff. I mean, we have passionate people. They love the brand. 
Um, but we have very different practices around the world uh, because this company has been run in the past as every subsidiary was almost an independent company. Mm. So trying to bring together, uh, this is how we welcome our guests at Christoph. This is how we serve them um, in a much more consistent manner cross-border, also taking into account the specificities, but with a common ground, is the second uh, big initiative for the 2020. And and you've had to spend a lot of time, I assume, going around to all of these different yes. locations. And, yes, and yes, it, yes. I'm lucky I only have 51 stores. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine those who have uh, 600. Yes. But I know all of them, yeah. You know all of them now. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And and therefore the the challenges around and and part of it is culturally too right sure we are in all these different countries all over the world and mm. people have different expectations of how yeah. they'll be how they'll be treated but you want a more universal approach yes, to more how consistent Christophe I think luxury is all about consistency yes all customers travel we might serve them in New York one day then we will serve them in Paris another day and then in Shanghai another day yeah I want them to have this combination of it's consistent and at the same time personalized. So a bit different, but not too much. Yeah. And that's the equilibrium we need to find. Yeah. And in your, in your effort to modernize, to, as you were saying, to, to not lose the, the history, the heritage, the, the value of being an almost 190-year-old exactly. company, right? Mm. And that still means a great deal to, to people, right? The, yes. the heritage and the history Right. It, it does. It's also reassurance, mm. right? Especially in new markets, like in China, having all of that history behind us, this factory in France, um, this heritage is very important. It's it legitimates us. And will the the Normandy factory will that forever be where you? your product will be will be made? Will, will distribution centers become Forever a more is a bit long-term. Sure. Um, but uh, as far as I can see, yes. I mean, yes. We, it's an important uh, We, we it's have important been part. reinvesting a lot mm. um, because I think I, I want to promote the Made in Christophe, right? And I want to promote the fact that it's made by our own workers with their know-how. Um, <clears throat> the success of Christophe in the past was because we had an industrial advantage at the time. Mm. Uh, I think we need to nurture that. Um, so it's, and again, it's between heritage and modernity. The heritage part is to make sure that we sustain our craftsmen, that we anticipate so that they can transmit to the new generation their know-how, etc. The modern side is that we need to keep innovating also in how we manufacture our products. Um, like this is a prototype for a new collection we're launching next year. Oh, it's beautiful. This is 3D printing. Really? Okay, so we are um, exploring silver 3D printing. We hmm. are exploring new technologies for surface treatment. I wish one day we can have a non-tarnishable silver, maybe. Yes, if you could right? work on that, so, that would be um, most appreciated in my I, house. I think we, we, we need to keep pushing the boundaries also from an industrial standpoint. Hmm. Um, because creativity brings innovation, but technical innovation can also bring creativity. Because when you find new ways of doing things, it can give ideas to develop new products. You know, black silver, we, we are launching our first men jewelry line this November in a sterling silver um, 
very nice pattern. And we are currently developing the black version of it, hmm. black silver for next year. So a lot of experimentation, but I yes. think we, ne we need to push. And this is why even from a manufacturing standpoint, it's heritage, but with the modern twist. And we need to keep that in everything we do. And how do your silversmiths feel about working with a 3D printing technology, for example? Is that something that's exciting for them as they, as they look at innovation? Or, or do they look at that with a, a sense of dread and loathing? About no, it's a compliment. It's, it nev it's never going to replace right. the uh, hand of a man. Right. There are amazing things they do, which are just, they are the only ones to be able to do it. Also, 3D printing today is actually the technology is quite limited in mm. size. Yes, the scale. So it's nice for jewelry. Uh, we use a lot of 3D printing uh, for prototyping with plastic, etc. So this is already. Uh, um, but you know, when uh, when you see these uh, amazing uh, autor fevrerie uh, pieces, mm. there is nobody else who can do that than the two hands of a craftsman. Yeah, yeah. So it's a compliment. It's a compliment. Yeah. And and it seems as if the, the the craftsmanship will forever be part of the of the Christophe it has to. brand and, and it name. has to. And I think it's it's our duty to sustain. Yes. That. And that's part of what everyone I would assume feels at the company, right? The, the duty of sort of carrying on this yes. this legacy. Yes. Which I which I would assume is is part of the, the passion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, that, that everyone must feel yeah. about. We just want to leave on. it for the next generation yeah. in a better state than we received it. And that would and that would make you happy, is if yes. you could leave this company in in much better state than you than you found it. Right, and yes. and it seems like you're well on your way. We're on the way. You're <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're, we're on the way. You're on the way, but it's still the, early days. The, the, the way is still. Yes, we're still we're still getting airborne. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much for, for spending so much time with My us. My pleasure. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm, and I'm very excited to, to see all that's coming next for yes. Christophe. So yes. we welcome you whenever you want in our stores. Well, thank you. I, I look for, I, I'm going to do some shopping for my, for my wife. So that will, be, that will be very soon. I will be in your store. And okay. please share back. Any feedback? I, I definitely will. I'm always open. Too early to get her the 3D printed ring, though, right? That's still experimentation. Okay, because that, that's actually really this, lovely. This one is for April. That's for April. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll have to wait. We have a long lead time. You Okay. But it's, it's worth waiting for, though. It's worth waiting. I'm exactly. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. Uh, my thank guest you. has been Natalie Remy, the CEO of Christophe. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. Oh. Thank you again for listening. If you're enjoying these conversations, I hope you'll consider sharing the podcast with a friend or heading over to the iTunes store to leave us a review. It helps others to discover the show. We love your feedback. Please give us your thoughts at podcast at businessofhome.com. Our show was produced by Fred Nicolaus and Lauren Pirelli. And I'm Dennis Scully. We'll see you next week.